Welcome to Hospitality Forward. My name is Hana Lee. I am president and founder of Hana Lee Communications, an award-winning public relations agency specialized in hospitality and travel. We love storytelling and building national and global brands for spirits, cocktail bars, restaurants, hotels, and destinations. And I'm Michael Ann Stendig, editor-in-chief at Hana Lee Communications and a food and beverage writer. This podcast is for hospitality and travel professionals who want to learn how to earn the media spotlight. As a journalist myself and Hannah as a PR professional, we understand the power of media coverage and its positive impact on someone's career and business. That's why we're undertaking this Giving Back to the Community initiative. So tune in every week to hear us interview top journalists who share their insights and tips. Hannah and I are also the authors and producers of our agency's first book, The Japanese Art of the Cocktail, which is now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and independent bookstores nationwide. Actually, it was just rated the best book of 2021 by Barnes & Noble. Each week, we give away a copy of The Japanese Art of the Cocktail to our listeners, so please share a pitching tip you found most interesting from our episode and email us at info at hannaleecommunications.com. That's I-N-F-O at H-A-N-N-A-L-E-E communications with an S dot com. And remember to have hospitality forward in the subject line for a chance to win a book. In this episode, we're delighted to chat with David Craver, editor-in-chief of Cool Hunting, where he covers hospitality, travel, art, and style. David is also a contributor to Vogue.com and Bloomberg Pursuits. David's work has appeared in T, the New York Times Style Magazine, Vanity Fair, Vice, Elle, Surface, as well as Guernica. David is also a fellow podcaster and hosts a cultural podcast called The Accutron Show, which is available on iTunes and Spotify. Hi, David. Hi there. How's it going? (laughs) So cool to have you on our show. That's so okay. I likewise, and I love that. Most people, when they hear I work at Cool Hunting, their first reaction is, wow, that's so cool. It is a call and response sort of word. I love it. So cool. (laughs) So let's start from the beginning. Uh, You've been in journalism for quite a while. Was there a specific eureka moment when you decided that would be your career path? It's a very good question because I actually went to school for film and I thought film would be my future. And I graduated at a time where there was a job crunch in the film industry and a best friend of mine was working for Condé Nast and she opened a door and said, you should look into publishing because I think what you care about most are words. And she was very correct. And I applied to Condé Nast, worked in corporate, switched over to Domino and fell in love with magazine publishing and the speed with which it moved and the way you could help share ideas about new and cool and exciting things or ventures worth believing in. Well, speaking of cool, now let's talk about cool hunting. For our listeners, how would you describe it? Cool hunting is a lifestyle and design magazine that is internet only. We cover everything from music and fashion to art, technology, and travel. And it's all through the lens of design. We consider ourselves a design publication first. So although I write about alcohol and restaurants, I look at all of this subject matter 
through design and what design means. And you know, design is just the decisions we make that go into everything we see around us and everything that we love. What would you say makes a cool hunting story a cool hunting story? I love that question because I've written for many a place and I've been on staff at many places, but I think what defines cool hunting is curiosity. I imagine you work with many experts, and although I have developed some expertise with regard to whiskeys and watches, I'm really a generalist. And most of the writers at Cool Hunting are generalists in that they're writing about something that they are purely curious about. They are exploring topics because they are so interested, they can't stop learning more, and they want to share that story. So I think people come to Cool Hunting to feel that passion and to get that inspiration, the same inspiration that we feel. Oh, you know, we can feel your passion in your voice. Absolutely. So you're the editor-in-chief. Can you tell our listeners what you do in that role? So this is an interesting story in that I am first and foremost a writer in, internally. I think of myself as a writer before being an editor. I love words. I love playing with words and putting words in, into sentences and telling stories. And one year ago, or a year and a half ago now, I found myself in the role of editor-in-chief. And I think what it has meant, especially in the time of COVID, working with a team of writers and editors to listen, to pay attention to the world around us, find out the stories that people need to be hearing in ways that we can be telling them to the best of our ability. So of course there are the old editorial mandates. I have to be conscious of voice and tone and what the publication represents as a whole, but it's also working with all of the individuals that make up something that I love and make sure that they're all paying attention to the world around them. What do you like the most about being editor-in-chief? And also, what are the biggest challenges? I love working with writers. I love working with young writers and new writers, writers that are writing for a website for the first time. To onboard a new member of our team is actually my favorite thing in the whole world. To help teach them about the, the voice of the site in our style guide and listen to what stories they want to tell and how we can transform the stories they want to tell into stories that are appropriate for cool hunting. I honestly live for that because storytelling is my heart and it's what I fall back upon all the time. Are there challenges you go through as an editor-in-chief? There are two challenges that I deal with. One I know you are acutely familiar with, and that's an inbox. The, the infinite inbox. Yes. <laughs> right now we're dealing with a means of communication that is necessary and is, is functional to a certain degree, but we're not equipped with the tools to navigate our inboxes while conducting the rest of our business, which for me is writing, editing, working with writers, and then dealing with part two of what my, my problems and challenges are, which is the advertising side of the site. Emails are the gunk in between of all of the work that I try and do. So it is a constant challenge, but I always say to people, I never am ignoring someone. It is just an impossible task every day that I wake to. Thousands of unsolicited emails and emails from loved ones and solicited colleagues. But that's, I think, my biggest challenge. Again, that's nominal and deeply personal, but I think personal in a way that everyone understands. With regard to advertising, that is something that we all also understand. We are an independently owned website. And we 
hustle to the best of our ability to stay afloat like everyone else. And last year was a very, very challenging for us. But this year has been very rewarding to us. What other criteria do you use for uh, selecting the events and uh, you know, new product launches and other things of that nature that you attend? It's a mix of things. Having been doing this now for a decade, personal relationships in the industry often do encourage my participation in certain events. I To step back for a second, at Cool Hunting, we are firm believers in you should not write about something unless you've tried it, touched it, um, shaken it, smelled it, like all of the sensory attributes of something you need to feel and do in order to write. So that does make the amount we can publish limited because we require our writers to get hands-on with things. That also means we're inundated with event invites. So personal relationships, of course, help to define the way I make my decisions. But I am also such a creature of heart and um, spontaneity. And I make decisions sometimes rather spur of the moment and think I would traditionally do this Scotch whiskey event, but tonight I am going to go to this dive bar and experience what they have to offer because they might actually need more support right now than a, a global conglomerate. You know, I think that's sort of like a common sentiment that's going on in journalism that they want to support, you know, unsung heroes and smaller brands and things like that. So we definitely hear you. In fact, that is one of the big takeaways from last year and one of the ways that we pivoted to meet our audience needs. Uh, we Travel is a huge pillar of the site. With international being paused, we pivoted to road trip stories and local travel stories. And even we're New York City based, so making use of the state. And we found those stories were incredibly trafficked, ethical, safe ways to travel locally or to travel safely by in road trips. That was a huge expansion on the site, as were stories about charities and organizations that allowed people to be involved in preserving and protecting hospitality ventures they believed in, artistic institutions they believed in, those stories for us performed so well because so many people were home wondering, how can I continue to support places that I want to go to but can't go to, and I know they need me. Mm, oh, there's so much compassion and empathy all around, and uh, that's beautiful. I think, you know, like the internet can be a really dark place, and it's sprawling and for cool hunting, we only review things that we like. If we don't like it, it doesn't make its way to the site. We don't write negative reviews. We try to be a bright, a bright place in you know a sea of uncertainty because the internet is vast and dark. <laughs> it, it really is. Agreed. Nobody has time for negativity. You know that's what we need most: optimism and lifting people up. There's no. We're we're all going through enough where we don't need to be pulling people down. Agreed. So let, let's talk about a topic that's. Uh, very close to uh, our hearts, and that is spirits. And uh, you did a great story recently on the first edition of uh, Royal Salutes, 21-year-old Polo Estancia. The Malbach finish. <laughs> yeah. So how did that expression, it seems very rarefied, uh, get on your radar? So for, I think, the past five years now, I have a story series where every week during the month of September, I do a deep dive on a Scotch brand or a Scotch product. And that started as a personal interest and expanded into 
and expertise. And I've been following Royal Salute for so long and had the opportunity to try Polo Estancia. And the profile was one unlike any other I had tried. And I thought, I need to write about this. But this is an instance where, had that not been provided for me from a PR colleague, I would have never had the access. Sometimes the things that we write about are very expensive or very aspirational. And I'm very lucky that I have the ability to try them for the sake of context and so that I could tell the stories that I want to tell. And we were also very jealous you got to try the Glenlivet's Generations 80-year-old, the oldest single malt scotch whiskey ever bottled. So what, what was that experience like for you? So very silly story. That was a remote tasting because for you know every reason we could possibly imagine, there was no way to gather to try the 80-year-old Glenlivet. And I actually happened to be in California for my college roommate's wedding. And I was I didn't have the my sample bottle with me during the viewing. So I watched the viewing from the hotel, then grabbed my tasting bottle afterward, did a 17-mile hike in Yosemite. And from the top of Yosemite Falls, I sat down and had the 80-year-old 80, 80 Glen Livet. And wow. I was able to photograph it there. Photographs are very important for cool hunting. Every paragraph is broken up by um, a very strong visual because visuals lead to shareability. But to drink an 80-year-old scotch at the top of Yosemite Falls is a remarkable experience. And anyone that's familiar with Glenlivet knows, you know, Speysides are not peated. But this is an 80-year-old liquid. This was a peated scotch of the utmost complexity. I was mesmerized. I was dazed, of course, from the hiking, but it was just a profound experience, the kind that many people dream of. So in the coming months, what uh, stories do you think you'll be working on? Because we are a web publication, if my schedule is light enough, you can tell me an idea and I can have that story up in three days. Now, that it's most certainly a stretch, but is it doable? Yes, it's doable. And stories do get bumped all of the time. I mean, right now, I'm looking at long lead stories for Art Basel and planning art releases in December and thinking about holiday gift guides. Coolhunting.com slash buy is a huge traffic destination for the site. And that is simply a buy guide. It's actually not monetized. It's just stuff we believe in. If we can't do a feature story, we're like, let's put this product in the buy guide. Let's add that to the buy guide. And from that guide, we build feature stories that are thematically linked. So if there are products, there's always room for a product on the site if it's cool and innovative and fresh. Long-term long stories, it's really, I love to think about art. And I write a lot about art in the art world. So I'm always trying to scout new artistic talent and think about what I should be telling in the art world or trends in um, hospitality and um, across bars. Before we move on to the next subject, I do want to thank you for featuring our new book, The Japanese Out of the Cocktail, in your buying guide. And guess what? A few months later, our book, just named as one of the best 
Book of the Year 2021 by Barnes and Nobles. So thank you. And I know your site posting our book really helped to drive the sales. So we appreciate what you did for us. Thank you so much. It, it really means the world to us. The book is so meticulously written, so thoughtfully considered, and the photography is so engaging. It is a perfect fit for the site because the quality is there. And you know, the subject matter is so exciting and so relevant. And who doesn't want the most masterfully made drink and try to bring that home? That's pretty awesome. I have to say, Michael did a great job writing every sentence of the book. Agreed. And Eric, oh, he did a great job in photography. So we are very proud. And to be able to tell Masahiro Urshida's epic life story and you know, share his insights uh, was really a privilege. Thank you for doing it justice. Thank you for bringing it to light in a way that I think it's a, it's a book everyone should have. I really do think so. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. So what kinds of things should our listeners keep in mind when they pitch stories to you, especially folks who perhaps don't have a professional PR team backing them? Most journalists and editors are inundated with things that are perhaps photocopies of photocopies of photocopies. I would say, including a writer or editor's name in the title for David, to David, exclusive for David, is 78% more chance more likely that it will receive a response. Because then that recipient knows that someone thought, okay, I've got to send this directly to David. Then from there, it varies. I have this conversation with other journalists and editors all the time. I love an introductory sentence and then bullet points. I know people who want one paragraph. I know people who upfront want seven paragraphs with all the information so they can go back to email one and have all information right there. I think most important of all, aside from getting to me directly and putting my name in a title, perhaps mentioning exclusive, is speaking from the heart. I don't need you to be like, how was your weekend? I saw you did this on Instagram. I would rather someone say, I did this and I am so happy I did this. I am proud. I've finally done this and I need your support. It's totally okay in this time period to ask for support, attention, and help. And that's kind of what I want to do. I want to support people that need that. Oh, it's so beautifully said. And I think there's so many listeners uh, of our show who are in our industry, we call them newsmakers. And everybody has so many great stories and expertise. And and they're worthy of being supported. Yes. And so you being able to say to them that, you know, I've done this and I need your help and open that door for them. That's so beautiful. And that means a lot to us because there are so many people who can get help from you. So really appreciate that offering. My pleasure. It's And I, I think, you know, Hannah, we've worked together for years now. You also know who reads Cool Hunting. And as a seasoned professional, when you email me, you're like, this is why I know you're going to like this. And I'm like, oh my God, I want to get there so bad. Oh, this is so awesome. <laughs> because you know, you know, you've read the site, you, you know my personality, and you find the way to connect the dots and put the pieces together. Thank you so much. I am grateful that I've known you so many years and worked together on so many different stories already. But for those who don't have a connection with you yet, what are the best way to start building relationship? As you know, I live my life on Instagram. <laughs> I live my life on Instagram. But there I'm generally 
post and I keep just watching my friends. I actually, I don't know if you know this. I like look at Twitter as a source all the time. If people tweet at me, I will direct message them and respond. I think Twitter is a great way to connect. Maybe I'm the last person on earth to think so, but it is a platform that I think connects us. Would you mind uh, giving uh, your Twitter handle for our listeners? Funny story. My byline is David Graver, and because that is my name, but my Twitter handle um, is Davy Barrett because I made my Twitter before I was a journalist, and I just wanted to be a di- I wanted to be a different person. I wanted to be, you know, a, someone you know, just an, an an anonymous tweeter, and then everyone finds you. <laughs> so everyone finds you anyway. So it's Davy D A V E Y in my middle name Barrett B A R R E T T. So we call our podcast Hospitality Forward. What organization or person have you seen that's really innovating and moving the hospitality and travel industry forward? I want to I want to give a broader cumulative answer and say that as a New Yorker, I feel like I saw New York innovate and move forward. There was a period of time I moved to Brooklyn um, two months before the pandemic um, reached New York City, and so I was away from my community, my bars, my, my, my traditional neighbors, my old restaurants, the places I used to haunt. So I was in an apartment in a brand new neighborhood, um, wondering what was going on around me. And when the takeaway cocktails became something in the city and everyone got on board, I was able to explore my neighborhood safely on foot. (laughs) And I was able to walk from Brooklyn back to my old East Village neighborhood and explore that neighborhood and where it was, going bar to bar with cocktail in hand. And I saw people show up to support. Do you know, I want to change my, I want to add to my answer. The people that are the real innovators here are the people that are showing up to support things they believe in. It is hard sometimes to go to a bar now, knowing that the pandemic isn't over and cases are still happening. But if you find a way to safely support your innovation, you are the innovator. You are the person bringing hospitality forward. Tourism is going to take a while to come back to New York City. New Yorkers need to show up to their places. That is something I believe wholeheartedly. And we have the power to be the innovators moving forward. Love that. Well said. Well said. Our New Yorkers are the innovators, and you know we are here for our community. And let's face it, New York City wouldn't exist without hospitality industry. This is made with hospitality and tourism. It's in our DNA. Agreed. Agreed. You know, prior to the pandemic, I would be at my desk typing. We used to have an office um, in West Chelsea, and I would say, "I haven't been to Dead Rabbit in three." three months and I would cancel my plans and I would go to dead rabbit and I would review the bar menu. I would just, because I was thinking I need to go there. I would do the same with Dante. I'd be like, Oh, it's been so long since I've been to Dante. I need to go to Dante. And it's, there's so much reason to be excited about the scene. And we have to still think that way. And we still have to behave that way. Couldn't agree more. All right. Speaking of cocktail bars. So what is your favorite cocktail or wine? that you want to share with your best buddy or with your hubby? I have a funny answer in that I am a brown spirits drinker. I have consumed every cocktail across this city, and I'm really grateful for that. 
but I prefer to drink brown spirits neat. Um, I love a Speyside Scotch or um, a, a bourbon. However, the drink that I prefer to share with my closest friends is a dirty martini. Ooh. I like Plymouth gin I, or a, a London dry gin. I like my martini dirty with olives. And when it's well-made, you, you know you've had a moment with someone you love. So you're already quite a traveler. And with travel resuming, what is your next dream destination and why? I have been to a fair few amount of countries. And I do have a list in my phone of cities or villages or monuments around the world that I want to see. But my number one destination may be surprising. And I was actually headed there in, in 2020, but it was one of the first trips um, that was canceled of mine. And it is Svalbard, the island of Svalbard in the Arctic Circle. Oh wow. I, I got married in Iceland and I love this idea of cold northern remote destinations. And I went I went to the Faroe Islands, I've done Iceland, and now I think Svalbard just seems so far away that it's a place worth fighting to get to. And it's hard. It's not easy. No doubt. That that would make for a great story. I actually think I you know what? Prior to my 2020 cancellation. I had been invited to Svalbard by a Scotch whiskey brand, and their intention was to have the highest latitude whiskey tasting in the world. They wanted to set a Guinness Book of World Record. I think it was Highland Park, um, and they were going to try and host this crazy whiskey tasting in Svalbard, and I, my mind exploded. I was like, I need to be a part of this. It became a, a logistical challenge, I think, so that's why it never took off. Before you go, what is the best way for our listeners to contact you with their amazing story ideas? If they want to, they are welcome to email me. It's david at coolhunting.com or they can tweet at me at Davy Barrett. And I, I will try my best to respond. I am inundated always, but know that I do read everything and everything is of value to me. And someone put an effort in and I recognize that effort. I'm sorry if I can't respond, but it is appreciated and all ideas are valuable. I can't underscore that enough. Like, believe, I need people to believe in what they're doing and feel comfortable with reaching out and sharing. And if they don't get responses from editors or journalists, that doesn't invalidate their message. This was a lot of fun, David. We appreciate you taking the time. And we hope to see you very soon. And thanks again for sharing your insights. My pleasure. Drink soon. That was a thoughtful and enlightening conversation. Now that you know what David is looking for, please feel free to reach out to him and introduce yourself. And don't forget to mention that you heard him on our podcast. We have a lot of exciting media guests in the pipeline, so please subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. Please leave a review and tell your friends and colleagues who you think would benefit from the tips our journalist friends share on our show. See you next week. Until then, join us as we move hospitality forward together.